Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom. And as always, we are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Hi, I'm, I'm Craig. Hi, Craig. I'm Cody. Cody, guess who's with us today? We have an awesome guest today. Um, give, can you give me three clues? Three clues. Fantastic children's book author. Okay, Madeline Lee and the, the 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 author who's the source of our most recent Christmas and Easter gifts to our grandchildren. That's the second clue. Oh, okay, that already gives it away. Third oh. clue. Um, well, just in case, I two, need to solidify two out my of his three names come from the Bible, the New <laughs> Testament. John Paul Gosler. <laughs> no, no, oh, Mark close. Paul Gosler. Mark Paul Gosler. Mark Paul. Name. Yeah. <laughs> you got one right. You got one right. Matthew Paul Turner is our uh, guest today. I'm so excited. It's good to Thanks have for joining us. Today. It is good to be here. Thanks for having me. That was that, I liked that intro. Like, <laughs> I, I, I haven't had that intro. I haven't had that kind of a lively intro for a while. So thank you. <laughs> well, basically, we don't know what we're doing after five don't, years. We're still figuring it out. So I, I, I understand. <laughs> we, 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 aim, we aim and make mighty swings at being non-professional. <laughs> and we succeed glory, uh, ingloriously. I don't know. Yeah. One know. of our yeah, catchphrases so. is profound things will be said, but they will be entirely by accident. That's, that's one <laughs> well, of that's, our... I, I do that. I do that a lot. I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, yeah, so. you definitely, yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> so, so Matthew, you've got a new book coming out. Is it, you know, it's out. It, it is out. out. Yeah. Is, that, is it this week? Was it? Uh, well, it was uh, just last week. Yeah. 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 I, I, it's called, it's a children's book called I am God's dream. And uh, it's the first book I've written that is first person, and it is a life-affirming, joyous, life-positive book about that kids, I hope, will eventually read over themselves. And I wanted to to write a book that gave kids words to speak over themselves that encouraged them and you know, uh, reminded them that they are beloved. Yeah, that that's so important. I'm glad you mentioned it's written in that first person. Yeah, as you're it's talking that... about the life affirming and joyous <clears throat> aspects of your 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 children's writing it was like, well, yeah, that's just about everything you've written has yeah. that nature to it. But it's that sure. personal when it's when when a child reads, I am, I a am lot of power to it. Absolutely. And, and when you give kids the the give kids agency over their their bodies, their minds, their emotions. Um, that that God is invested in their feelings. That God is invested in their that when that when they look in the mirror, that God wants them to love who they see. And I hope that that's I hope that that's what they get from the book. Um, it's certainly it was for me a it, it you know every book I think ha- I've written. Um, has been subconsciously a uh, a rewriting of my story or a rewriting mm. of what I was taught as a kid. 
Um, and, you know, it's, and certainly uh, elements of it, how I want my kids to be introduced to God or the spiritual story. Um, right. I, you know, I want them to have a different introduction than I, than I, and then how I was in, introduced. And so I think that, you know, uh, the one thing that, that we don't talk about a lot, I think that the conversation is starting to build among, you know, this deconstruction movement or whatever, whatever we want to call it. I think that it's important that we give the, give our kids something different. Um, and, you know, like what, what, what works, what is, you know, what's going to remind them that they are, that they belong, that they belong to a bigger story than what we, you know, then, then, then it's certainly a bigger story and a better story than what we were given. Uh, Matthew, you know, get, what what oh, we give oh. our kids uh, is different than what we were given. That's a that's a key idea. I remember, you know, when our children were small and we wanted to encourage their spiritual growth and exploration, just as small children. And you'd go get these, yeah. And and we come from a pacifist tradition, uh, as Mennonites. Sure. We'd go, go go buy a children's Bible that's illustrated. You know, it has you know slaying of Goliath and you know right. all these bloody Old Testament stories and we go well that's not the story we want to convey uh we want to give a we want to give the story but that's not that's not the story right or that God made you but God made you not good God made that, you and God's <laughs> upset with you yeah that, that you, you know you're God that God created you but guess what <laughs> there's yep. a catch you are terrible and yeah. you know, and so I got, and so there's this. Um, and and I think that I knew I was a sinner. I mean, I knew I was a sinner at age four. And I think about that in relationship to my own kids now. I mean, my kids, my kids have never heard me use the word sinner unless they've asked me about something that they've heard at school. What, what does <laughs> and, this word mean? Yeah, <laughs> and so I think that, but I think that how I thought of myself affected so much of my, my confidence, my personality, my ability to interact with my own age group. And like, it just, it, it you know, for some kids, of course, I'm a, uh, I was an emotional kid. I was a feeler. Like, it's so like, I was probably affected more so than other kids. Um, but it certainly uh did not negate the fact that I wanted to give my kids something different than I, than what I was yeah. given. And so that's where these books sort of come from. And, um, and I, and, and so far they've, they've connected and people have been able to find places to use them. And it's been, um, it's been a joy. I, I never thought that I would like, like get up, wake up in the morning and enjoy writing, um, you know, liturgy for kids. And that's yeah. kind of what I do. So I want to so pick that, up I, on a thread that you yeah, mentioned uh, a little bit earlier. You you used the word uh, deconstruction. You know, talking about what you know how you were you were raised and now what you want to present to your children. And so before we turned on the recording, Craig and I were talking about our exposure. You know, he he is a more the children's author. I'm more familiar with uh, from the earlier days when you were writing Jesus needs new PR and those types mm -hmm. of things. It's almost as if to me, you were back then when I was reading what you were writing, it was that was deconstruction stuff there. Yeah. And now these children books are much more about like, well, now I want to build something for you know, a, a better vision. Do you do you recognize that shift? Or is that something? No, it is um, looking backwards. 
I mean, I, I, I used to joke that I, I, I certainly deconstructed long before the term was even a thing. Um, I, I, I used to joke that I, I have slid down the slippery slope and I like have started the second slide. <laughs> so, you know, and I think that deconstruction is always going to be a part of my story because I think that as soon as you put stakes in the ground and say, this is how it is, or this is what it is, you start to lose your ability to relate to somebody. Like you, re- you lose your ability to engage somebody's story when you say, this is exactly how it is. Um, and here at the end I of the stand, day, I can here I stand and I'm going to, you know, um, believe this. And so I just feel like I'm, I'm very comfortable in this state of, you know what? I don't know. I believe I have, I have lots of things that I believe and I believe in, in uh, lots of beautiful, good things that are, that I want to be a part of my story, but I also want my kids to embrace as a part of their story. But I also am, so like when you were reading me back in, you know, like those mid 2000s and, uh, you know, into the, you know, 2011, 12, whatever, um, certainly that was my deconstruction phase. Uh, I, you know, I, same, same. it certainly <laughs> was that, t- that was the time frame where I just, um, you know, for me, Katrina, it was Hurricane Katrina that completely blew up my whole frame of reference. Um, I, I was, I was one of those evangelical Christians who fell for the um, compassionate conservative. Right. Same. Um, <laughs> you know, when 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 Bush talked, when George W. Bush talked about being the salt and light of the, in the world that we, you know, like the city on a hill. Oh my gosh. Like I, it was like, it was like, I had like a spiritual orgasm. Like you would have thought that it was like, Oh my gosh. Um, and like, I'd never, and, 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 and then I, and, and looking back, I'm thinking when we can, when we put compassion next to conservatism, like how was that was like such a novel idea. <laughs> Was, Let's just say the word and they'll eat it up. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh-huh. It was so it's like, whoa, who would have thought? Like, you know, anyway. I but Katrina, like um, like it just blew everything I thought about the world out of the water. I realized I realized my own white supremacy. I realized my own uh my own uh, insecurity with, with being like helping people, like being a light, like what it, what it meant to go into a city and actually do something that was good. And that was around the same time that I actually took, uh, you know, started working with uh, um, child relief organizations and traveling with them a little bit. And so like, so there was certainly a little more just than just Katrina. But when I saw, you know, uh, George W. Bush avoid going to New Orleans and walk up and, and, ha- and shake hands and hug all the white people in Mississippi, um, I, there was just such a visual um, that just uh, sort of challenged so much of what I thought was true. And I... Uh, like everything just changed quickly. And of course I had people in my life that sort of were in, in the theology circles and in, you know, in the emergent church at that time. And Mm -hmm. so I was, 
certainly engaging in conversations that were, you know, broader. And I, 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 I didn't know exactly where I fell on certain things, but I just, I knew that I did, I no longer wanted my theology to be against people. Mm-hmm. That's what I, like, I, I, I wanted my, I wanted people to be more important than my ideas. Yeah. I wanted, I wanted to vote in favor of people and not vote in favor of an idea or against an idea. Um, and so that's sort of that, you know, that concept sort of just became this new, uh, new way of thinking. And so, and, and when you are a blogger and you don't have a, you know, back in those days when Rachel Held Evans was, you know, was still here with us and, um, and, you know, the, uh, there, were, there were a handful of bloggers that did not have connections to churches. Mm-hmm. So we got a, like, we had more freedom to say things that we were, that we wanted to say or challenge ideas um, than other people did because mm-hmm. everything they said was connect, you know, would be somehow connected to a church and that church would, you know, be negatively affected. Yeah. So like we were, you know, supporting LGBTQ people, um, long before lots of faith people were doing that, um, we were challenging, uh, you know, basic uh, or, or challenging the Mark Driscolls of the world long before lots of other people were willing to do that. Um, and so, you know, it's, uh, I, re- I mean, I remember days that like, you know, when, when a blog post would hit and it would, you know, start to spread around and, and I'd be up you know, most of the night, just trying to manage comments. I don't miss that. (laughs) I don't mess. I don't, you know, because like you, if you piss off the, the, uh, the Calvinist, you know, theology bros, man, that was back in the day, that was a thing. And it was like, it was like, as soon as they got caught wind of, of what you were doing or what you were saying, we, I, you know, it it was, there was going to be a pylon. And so uh, I, I don't miss those days, but, uh, but yes, there certainly was a fundamental shift in, in me saying, um, you know, I'm just, I, I, there were, by the time I left blogging and kind of like left that whole conversation, um, not, I didn't really leave it, but I just took a different approach to it. Um, there were enough people in the world talking about it um, that that were in some cases doing a better job at it than I was. And so I felt okay to kind of shift my focus and do something else. Yeah, that's fair. That's good. Yeah. When I, so Craig and I've talked about this before, like he and I both were very actively involved with some of the emergent village stuff. I mean, that's how we met actually Craig and I is at some of that stuff. And so we already like, I almost feel like we're going through this. It's like 2.0 deconstruction 2.0. It's almost like yeah, uh, yeah. right the cycle right. Of, of that. And so I almost sometimes I'm like, oh, she's oh, that's you guys late to the party. But <laughs> but then I'm also like, no, I recognize like, hey, that was a part of my journey, and now this yeah. is a part of your journey too. And I it, much more to be celebrated than poo pooed. I think so. absolutely. I think one of the other aspects of that is that yeah, it's it's it, it's a it has a cyclical uh nature to it because that's as it should be yeah right yeah uh, exactly i mean one of the few things i think the reformation got right was the idea of once reformed always reforming and that this kind always of reforming. retread going, going back over reanalyzing considering things as uh, changes in culture new understandings in history tradition science etc 
kind yeah. of that Wesleyan, what do you call that, Cody? That Wesleyan window thing? Oh, the, uh, oh, the quadrilateral? The quadrilateral, yep. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it forces you to keep going back and thinking, maybe I don't have the final answer on that faith. Yeah, um, and, and, and the church is, and so often the evangelical church or like the America's church is so slow to make big fundamental shifts. I mean, the fact that we are, you know, still fighting for women to have full, you know, affirmation to, to lead a church or to do whatever they want right. as an act of service within the church. The fact that we're still having this conversation, that it's still a very controversial thing in yeah. a good percentage of evangelical churches or, you know, like acts that acts, whatever the, what's, what is the, what's the verse mm, anyway, the acts 29 churches or whatever. Mm-hmm. And oh, so oh, it, yeah. it, it's, you know, that, um, it, it, like we are just so slow to see the shift. So it's important for us to keep the conversation, um, keep talking about it because if we don't talk about it, other people are going to talk about it. Um, and we're just, I mean, we're going to, we're going to even lose even more relevance than we've all, uh, than we already have. Yep. So. It's not an option. To, it's not an option to not be engaged. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So, or it shouldn't be anyway. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, so, I think you alluded to it earlier and I can't remember if it was before we hit record or if it was just early on a few minutes ago, but you mentioned having written in 2004, the Christian culture survival guide. Yeah. Do you ever feel like that, that really has not, that work isn't done? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, no, I, I go back and I, I wish I could rewrite that book. <laughs> I mean, it, like I am so, I'm so embarrassed by that book now, but like it was, um, it, it's one of those things where it was a thing at the time. And, yeah. and so certainly there could be something else written, but I don't think it's funny because I don't think people are sur- trying to survive the Christian culture anymore as much, because I don't think we care about the Christian culture. I think that they are trying to survive and find their place in the big culture. Um, yeah. And where yeah. do we fit in? Where do we, where does our, you know, where does faith relate to back then? It was still, you know, in 2004, the average teenager coming from a church background was still listening to the majority of Christian music. Like, you know, they, they still had like faith music on their radio. Like, and if, and if they did venture outside of those lines, it was U2, Lifehouse, things like that. And so it was just uh, <laughs> something safe. Yeah. Something yeah, safe. Yeah. Um, and, and so, like, you know, uh, uh, that's not even, you know, while certainly there's, people that, you know, kids that listen to Christian music or whatever, um, they probably exist within more of a, there's a mix or probably a good yeah. mix of music that happens in their life. Um, and so, uh, but yeah, so I don't think that we're, I don't know if we're surviving Christian culture. I know some kids are, but I mean, I, <laughs> I, uh, I, I, yeah, I wish I could go right back to 2004 and and rewrite that, but I wouldn't want to rewrite it today. <laughs> you can come out with a revised edition. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, probably my this is would simply say, "Get out." <laughs> yeah, yeah, get out. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is all pointless. Yeah, it's um, yeah. it is. It's funny how you can like look back and your perspectives change and shift, and um, but that's the beauty of it all. Like I think that is what um. I mean, I'm so glad that we could do that. Like I, I, you know, I, I come from a family that, you know, everyone in my family is still very much in the same 
places that they were, you know, 15 years ago or 25 years ago, even. Um, and I just like, it, it's, it, you know, when I go home, it, it's, be, it's becoming harder and harder for me to relate um, to them because they just, there's, there's no evolving. Um, there's no, like they're constantly warring against something. Um, and I just, you know, at the end of the day, if, like I, it... Oh, he froze. Uh-oh, froze up. Let's see if he catches up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stopped with that last phrase at the end of the day. Hmm. At the end of the day and that was it it was the was end it. of the yep. day that was the end of the day <laughs> i wonder if you can hear us right now while we're <laughs> that is a good image i should do a uh, screen yeah, right say it looks yeah it actually looks kind of there thoughtful. i got it <laughs> <laughs> well, can, well. Can, can you message in the chat well, yeah i'm gonna that. jump in there oh wait did he let's see did he just, somebody... he just hit Oh, complete power outage. Whoa. Oh, no. That was the end of the day. Hmm. Well, we can, you want, well, did you, you want to pause recording and then? <laughs> tell you what. Yeah, I'm going to hit pause. Okay. We're pausing right now. <laughs> Try to keep going back and forth. Oh. Um, so, yeah, a, just power outage so i don't know all right so well <laughs> we you were uh, saying your last your last statement was at the end of the day boom oh <laughs> and then it was the end of the day it was almost kind of like had kind of an apocalyptic feel to it Just like well boom that's the all end. came crashing down i have you know what i'm sure that we can imagine something wiser than what i was going to say <laughs> so, so yeah well i don't know about that but actually there's so much um there's so much uh in i guess i'd say in your 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 the the expanse of your writing and your writing topics and the the the, the i guess the the pilgrimage i guess in some ways mm -hmm. How is it that you went from writing and talking about some of these Christian culture kinds of things, and then really you've moved in, like in my in my understanding, you're a children's book author. That that feels like that's where that's your home right now. Yeah. Um, and and how, you, how did, did how did that happen? Was that intentional, or did you just kind of slide into that? Well, you know. Um, when I when I was still married, um, and my ex-wife and I had kids, um, one, when I started reading to my kids stories about God, I always found myself wanting to change change ideas or change the story. Anything that had to do with faith was just something that I was like, man, this I just I don't want my kids. I don't want to read this to my kids. So for me, the shift was <clears throat> well. I, I have always had a gift for writing rhyme. And mm. uh, Jessica said, I think you should, you know, in, in your free time, like consider writing a children's book. And so like I started giving, you know, once a, once a week, I would like take a two or three hour time period and I would, you know, go to my writing place and I would 
work on really awful, terrible ideas that <laughs> I thought might become a children's book. And then I fell on this concept of, of, of light mm. and God making light. And I, you know, the, the book would eventually become When God Made Light, but at the time it was called God Made Light. And I would, uh, you know, I just started to imagine what it would be like if, you know, that when light first started to, you know, when it first came into existence and the light that was inside us. And, um, and, so, and, and so anyway, I wrote this story and I sent it away to, you know, my, my agent sent it away to, you know, 11 publishers, but because of my other writing, because I was seen as like this, you know, some uh, this controversial figure, um, no publisher would touch it. Like I got 11 no's, nobody said yes. And so Jessica and I ended up, uh, you know, self-publishing that first book. Well, we ended up selling all, all but 200 copies. We, we printed 5,000 units and we sold all but 200 copies. And one mm. of the publishers that had said no came back and said, okay, let's do this. I think we could do it. Um, and that was, and I had already started writing when God made you. So it wasn't necessarily this conscious thing where I was like, okay, I'm going to shift from away from whatever writing, you know, whatever writing I was doing and embrace this. It was man. Um, after that first book finally came out, it's so much fun having people read your stuff and buy that, buy, buy the books as opposed to not reading it or not buying it. <laughs> this feels right, different, right? So it became a thing where I was like, man, I think this could be a space that I can fill for a little bit at least. Um, yeah. And so I, uh, and I, you know, I think that people, I, I realized that people were looking for words to read over their kids that mm -hmm. that they felt good about that they mm -hmm. felt you know they, that there wasn't any editing going on or that there wasn't any awkward uh you know pauses where they're you know skipping well, over pages let me explain why god yeah. looks like a monster <laughs> right or 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 the guy god looks like the white guy or oh, yeah, whatever, yeah, you yeah. know uh, all the yeah. all the things and and it's um you know uh and it, you know i i the other, the other uh, thing that happened was uh, David Catro, the first uh, illustrator who I worked mm -hmm. with in the first two books, he created this little girl of color who she kind of take, took on a whole life of her own um, mm -hmm. in, in, so many in so many ways. Because, you know, at that time, you know, there were so few um, children of color represented in children's books and even less in children's books of, about faith or god and so um it was really beautiful and empowering to see this little girl of color represent all of us mm. um and and honestly that it, it, and it i don't think any I mean, that's all david of course but also it's uh, it's honestly it was it's this little girl became became somebody to me like it, she became this powerful uh this powerful way forward for me and i because of that book when god made you i realized the power of where children's books can go mm. um the people that they can impact uh, i i've received letters from you know uh 
one of the letters that I key, I always talk about is I, I got a letter once from a pastor in New England, and she was also a uh, a hospice uh, volunteer. And one of the people that she was working with was a 99 year old woman in her last week of her life. And somehow my book ended up on her bedside table. And she asked the pastor to read it three different times during the last week of her life. Mm. And, you know, guys, I, I never in my life when I, as I was writing that, I didn't think about somebody being in the last week of their life, reading those words over them <clears throat> wow and um but, go ahead oh i was going to say does that story then make you think that the term children's literature really isn't the right term <laughs> yeah, and that, it's kind of I, it's I, more I, of a marketing I've kind of term perhaps picture books. i've gone yeah. to I, I kind of call them picture books because it is a little more it's a little more open-ended but i i yeah i it, it really did challenge me like it would challenge my concept of what what children's books or what I did you know um and what and, and the meaning it had behind it and it's you know I've had people who are 30 something singles it, write me and say I was in the the you know the the book aisle at Target reading your book and tears are streaming down my face and I'm like mm. I bought it for myself and um and you know and I, I don't overthink that because I don't ever want that to be the mode like I I don't want I don't want any, I don't want my words to become so processed that I'm trying to do things, right. but I, mm -hmm. I, 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 you know, it's certainly th those, those stories certainly have encouraged me to keep going and, mm -hmm. you know, keep, keep working at my task. Oh, wow. um, so I, I think that, um, you know, if, if I'm able to give um, parents and people um, words to read over themselves and to read over their families that, that encourage them, that empower them, that affirm them, that, um, that, that, that breathe life into their story somehow, man, what a, what a gift. Ah, that's good. Okay. Well, so when I read the titles of the books and I see the art and I've read now some of the words that, uh, I can read through some descriptions and things, cause I haven't read, sorry, I haven't read the books yet, but I will now I'm going to, but, uh, um, <laughs> That's okay. the word that keeps, I mean, there's just so much joyful movement and joyfulness in the words. And, and, um, so that's the word that just, I'm um, jumping out to me, joy, that there's this yeah. deep joy. And so I'm going to ask you now, you've been producing these books since or writing these books and creating them for a while now, but in the last few years, boy, it has been hard to find joy for some people. I want to ask you when you're creating these books, where do you get some joy hmm. that you can pour onto the pages? <clears throat> you know, um, I, I think that I, <laughs> I think every one of these books, um, at least a good portion of them have been written, written during really hard time. Like, I mean, you know, like I, I've had a really hard, uh, or a, a very difficult last couple of years. Mm -hmm. And this, this current book, you know, I am God's dream. I, I, it was written during a time of grief. I was grieving the, the loss of my friend, um, the loss of my marriage. Um, you know, I was coming out, um, you know, and, 
I just we had I had just done that publicly, and so it was during a time where it was really um, a a big. There was a lot of sadness mm. around me, and so I think that you know. Yes, I, I, I love that. I love that people discover joy, but I think that it's in some ways for me, it's a prayer. Like it's this mm. hope. This is it's this it's this um, thing that drives me forward because I believe that there, you know, there, there's redemption in the things that we go through, and that there's this, you know, that that God is making things new. And so, what can I, what can I do? Well, how can I convey that? And, and yet you'll see in this new book, you know, there's this, uh, <clears throat> of course, I don't have one right here with me, but, um, <laughs> <there> is, <laughs> but now that I'm not connected to, I'm on my phone, I can actually walk over and I can get there it. You go. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and, uh, and so like, there is, I think that people, when, when, when you read this new book, that there is, um, you'll know you'll you'll see a little bit of the 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 dichotomy between the 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 desire to find joy and the um and yet the reality of what you know um what what goes on in our in the harder part of our story so it says um when i look in the mirror i can see what god sees the human i know that god made me to be i see my hands and my feet i feel my heart make its beat and in all that I am, I glimpse God within me. When I smile, when I cry, every time I'm shy, when I fall over laughing or dare to ask why, when I'm hopeful or scared, when I don't feel prepared, when you ask who I am and bravely I share, when I look at my friends and I see God in them, when I fall or I fail and I get up and try again, when I'm happy, when I grieve, when I struggle to believe every moment, every day in me, God lives and breathes. Mm. Oh, that's good. Mm. I love the conviction with which you read that. It's almost like, um, I don't say a pep talk, but it's like, it's, it's <laughs> no. reinforcing the conviction. This is true. And I need <laughs> to deep. hear this. It's deeper than that. Yeah, you know yeah. what? And that's how I write it. Because I, I mean, I probably look like a fool because I, so often I will write my books with my phone and mm. I will go to like empty parking lots or like, you know, par the side portion of parking lots where I'm not like around a bunch of people. But if anytime <laughs> somebody sees me, I'm often speaking these words out loud <laughs> because that's a, the other thing with rhyme is that you don't, you want to make sure that it, there's a, the, the beat stays mm -hmm. That you you keep with this beat that you're not stumbling over um, over the words and so like I am constantly speaking words out loud and so um, yeah no it's and, and and certainly when there are certain moments that if these when I'm writing it when I say it out loud if it moves me I I, I feel like it's something that I you know that I, I will keep and I will and ho hopefully maybe it will translate to somebody else's story that's good. Yeah, I'm, and that that the, the, the I think that's a key point. These these are these are things to be read aloud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, over, you can read them to yourself, but over. these are meant to be spoken out to to, to to be heard. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's I mean, you know, and that's that is one of the things that's one of the characteristics about picture books 
is that we do read them out loud. We read them in front of, you know, I, I, I every, every year I go into my kids' classrooms a few times um, and, and I'm reading stories to them out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, it's, uh, and, and it's, you know, these are stories that get read to kids at bedtime and, you know, it's, uh, it definitely, I, I, I think that it, that's something that's in my brain. I don't, I, I don't just write things. I speak them out loud too. So I can kind of hear them and know what the, you know, the reader is going to experience when they read it out loud. Hmm. That- how, how old are your kids, if you don't mind me asking? Oh, yeah. Um, I have a seven and a half year old, a 10 year old and a 13 year old. OK, so you've got at least two kids who think it's pretty cool if you show up with, to school. The 13 year old might be a bit iffy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my 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 10 year old probably doesn't. <laughs> OK, all right. As into it as it used to as she used to be. But like it's um, yeah, it, you know, uh, yeah, I, I, I literally, um, you know, because of the pandemic, I've not. I, I'd never had the opportunity to read to my seven-year-old, you know, in oh front God. of his class and until like a week and a, you know, two or three weeks ago. And wow. it was what a, what a beautiful experience to go and do that. Um, and so, yeah, like I, it's, but reading aloud to my kids, like all the different stories that we, that we love, or, you know, one of my favorite is the, the favorite books to read out loud is the, the book with no pictures. I don't know if you've ever yeah. read that, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. like, if you haven't, you should get it. It's just the funniest, most joyous um, book to read to kids. That's the one is, by uh, BJ Novak, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. And he, it's just, it's such a great book to read in yeah. front of a, a group of kids. So um, you're the, okay. So that last little, um, thread that we were talking about with the joy but in the you know when i'm sorry when, when i'm hopeful hopeful or when i'm yeah yeah um so have you seen the movie everything everywhere all at once yet i have not no <sighs> okay so it reminded me of that movie i just watched it so that that theme that we just you were we were just talking about you know finding hope or joy even in the middle of chaos or when life feels like pointless or, or, or hopeless, uh, it's, it's just beautiful and how they present it. And oh my goodness, it overwhelmed me. Anyway, you were weeping, you were weeping up, in the though. theater, you said. I was, I cried in the movie theater. It was, oh my uh, gosh. You know, it's, it's funny that you bring up like this, the idea of finding joy only because the very, the, in the ne- next portion, there is a, there's a part where it's, it's like, uh, you know, I'll fight the good fight and with faith move a mountain. I'll find joy and make peace and oh help justice increase. Okay. This fire in me, I'll let God help unleash. So that is that's so literally cool. in, in the movie, there is literally a line where the guy says, This is how I fight. And it, it's be- and she's because he's comparing to another character, and he says, You may think me silly and naive when I've look for these things and you may say i'm not a fighter and you are but i am and this is how i fight no my wow oh it's oh, so good oh, so not uh, not exactly wow, copyrighted I, I was curious if we had a case there but all right <laughs> what's that so so when when, it, when, a, when a kid reads that then not only are they getting a sense of uh who they are at this moment but they're also getting this 
idea of who they're going to be moving forward. They're going to, they will be this person. They will engage in these activities. That's a, that's powerful. Yeah. I hope so. I hope that they, you know, it, it, I hope that it challenges kids and, and, and families to think, you know, think outside of yeah. the often stereotypical ways that we as people of faith think. Um, I hope it challenges them and pushes them to, you know, um, embrace embrace this, you know, this life of justice and, and see justice as, you know, as not just um, a thing that w we fight to, to protect ourselves, that we are actively pursuing for other people more so than we are pursuing for ourselves. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Mm. Well, we're, we're beginning to run out of some time and Cody and I have a tradition that we have with all of our guests and Cody usually tries to create a little anxiety in our, in our, our guests and put oh, no. them in the hot seat. So <laughs> Cody, I think, I think we probably need to make a, make a segue into the five questions. Okay. The five hot seat questions. <laughs> Here, Here we, we go. go. All right. Matthew, what are you drinking? So Water. it can be, well, okay. It could be literally what you're drinking right now, or it could be your go-to drink that you're like okay this is like i've got to find this <laughs> like um honestly like i there is this um in our in our area we have grocery stores called kroger and they yeah. create this uh carbonated water that that is basically carbonated water flavored with cola and if i had my choice i would i, I would have that that drink um, it's called like fizzy pop or something, but it's a terrible, <laughs> name. but it is, it's my favorite drink. I, you know, and it's, it's funny. I'm sure that all the, there are a lot of people, a lot of people that are way cooler than me that know all the, the you know, they, they come up with this like really awesome, like bourbon or whatever. And I just, <laughs> we have had I, that, was yes. raised, I was raised Baptist and I never acquired a taste <laughs> of alcohol. And mm -hmm. I just, it's one of those things where I just, I, I wish I could be, to come up with a cooler I think fizzy, fizzy, <laughs> fizzy, fizzy pop. pops. That, that's, <laughs> I love that's pretty awesome. That's the first, that's a first on our, we've had, is, yeah, we've had the bourbon. Other posts. people they try told. to be cool. And yeah. No, there's, <laughs> yes, I yeah. love it. That's great. Okay. Mm. Fizzy pop. All right. Now, what are you reading? So it can be a, a book right now that you've got on your bed, your nightstand, or it could be, um, a, a journal or a magazine that you always want to check out or a blog that you recommend? You know, I am reading uh, Anne Lamott's Dusk, Night, Dawn right now. Ooh. And it is, um, it, 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 it's, it's just beautiful, especially for those of us, like as we are like kind of processing coming out of this uh, pandemic, mm -hmm. Anne Lamott like has such a um, she has such a way of communicating our all of our stories by using her story and it, the subtitle is on revival and courage and mm. so it's um but it's called dusk night dawn how beautiful is that title that's yeah <laughs> I mean oh, and so good. yeah I, that's what I'm that's what I'm currently reading so love it good one. okay that sounds good yes all right what 
are you watching? So it can be, what are you binging on Netflix or Hulu yep. or Prime Ozark? Or I just finished Ozark. Uh, oh, um, great. Okay. Yep. So I'm Ozark. not, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody, but okay. like Ozark is just, um, I, I, what a powerful collection of stories and characters that just was, um, the so well acted i mean you know and just so many great performances i just really really loved that show but i could talk about i could talk about shows all day long so oh um, yeah oh um, yeah i'm big but yeah just like you know um i'm what you know i'm watching the flight attendant which i yeah, the, yeah. the second season just started it's just so fantastic and um i i i love you know, I mean, I'm, I'm still watching the walking dead. I mean, that's how sad, I, how sad it is. Like, I, hey, that's okay. That's almost done. You're almost there. The end is it's almost done. Like I, I yeah. just, I'm like, I've been here. I've been with them so long. I just, I, I want to see, see how they take, where they take it. Yeah. That's um, kind of where I am. Yep. Yeah. Got it. So, you got it now. You can't, you got to see it to the end. Yeah. Um, okay. So what are you listening to? So it can be new music or old music that you really love to listen to, or it could be a podcast that you recommend for folks. Um, I will say I'm, uh, I'm going through a little bit of a cranberry phase. Um, oh, sure. Like right nice. now, you know, there was the anniversary of Dolores's passing was just here recently. And I, um, you know that first album that the the song dreams like and you know, there just were so many really beautiful tales that kind of just emote a feeling and so i just you know um yeah i i've gone back and you know my kids love you know screaming to zombie and so like that <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah there's just there's just some really great stuff there love it that's great okay so we've done listening watching reading what are you drinking? Okay. This is the most important one, Matthew. Oh no. Cause Craig this one, this one kind of has a con contractual element. To yeah. It, it, it didn't warn you about like you may be on the hook. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, uh, Craig and I show up at your doorstep. Where are you taking us for dinner or what are you making us for dinner? You could, you could make us dinner too. Oh, you know, I would probably make dinner and it would be, it would be some sort of soup and homemade bread oh, like, okay. oh I, that I'm, sounds I'm good very much a like I, I love making soups um it would either be a you know like a, a vegetable and you know beef soup kind of thing or it would be like potato soup yes. and i would just make a you know you know just make homemade rolls and whatever so yeah no that i i would i it, it's one of those things that my grandmother taught me um long 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 time ago how to put a soup together and i just i love doing that for people ah fantastic that sounds I, good that you sounds said good. The, yeah. you said the secret word for this idaho boy the potatoes so that's yeah <laughs> i love it <laughs> well i homemade bread gets me that's yeah no yeah really homemade bread yeah oh my goodness so, okay yeah. somebody yesterday by the way somebody yesterday um my kids and i we love watching uh good mythical morning with rhett and link and I don't know if you know that YouTube channel, but they're two goofballs. You know, they've been best friends since grade school. And now isn't have... that all of isn't that all of YouTube right now? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, but they especially... these, these these two are are, are very unique. They're, they're really pretty, they are. Yeah. But um, one of them said something like, "We're making 
Uh, we're going to be tasting bread dishes or bread forward dishes. And I was like, what does that mean? What's what bread, does bread that forward? mean? Yeah, I have no, I even tried Googling it and I have nothing. I couldn't find nothing. What does bread forward mean? Bread forward <laughs> dishes. I have, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you'll I tune back in. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We'll yeah. I'm going yes. to I'm gonna have to ask. I'm going to have to ask a couple of my friends who like are in that you know chef world uh, yeah what, what does that, that mean bread forward yeah. what does that mean okay <laughs> so one of, one of my favorite episodes of this is when they were eating different kinds of uh packaged bugs oh yeah <laughs> you know grasshoppers ants yeah and, you know, worms i think i like think that. lots of us will be doing that in the future <laughs> yes oh yeah, yeah. And, oh yeah, and yeah we'll yeah, have yeah. to learn how to make it yummy exactly yeah i have That's a friend it. who's he, he was hired by he's a biologist and and for his internship was hired by the Arizona, one of the schools in Arizona, by their labs that are specializing in um, bug protein because they, I think they recognize like, hey, this has kind of got to be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, 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 it might be a thing, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So, <laughs> so on right. that lovely note, <laughs> inspiration for another book, I'm sure. Heck yeah, when God made insects, when intended God made us insects. to eat them all. No. <laughs> <laughs> when God made insects yummy. So, yeah. there you go there it Love is it. awesome there's so many things that can rhyme with the word cricket that's that's really cool <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, uh matthew it's really good to meet you and to it's spend some to time you with too. you thank, thank you, you so much all right and blessings and uh, best wishes on on uh, your latest book and um it'll be on our my grandkids bookshelf soon absolutely um, thank you so much y'all y'all have a great day thank you for having me well thank you talk to you later i'm, I'm bye waving bye. at you but you can't see oh yeah it. <laughs> yeah we're waving so bye all right bye-bye bye thanks for joining cody stauffer and me craig morton for this podcast we simply try to record and upload without much editing what you get is live conversation with all its ignorance and insight, wisdom and foolishness, sometimes more of one than the other, and occasionally profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment. And look for upcoming Facebook Live podcasts where you can interact with our guests. Also, we can be found on Twitter as at All That's Holy, our intro and outro music is by At the Speed of Darkness. Support At the Speed of Darkness on Bandcamp and buy his music there, as well as follow him on Instagram at At the Speed of Darkness.